0: Welcome, everybody, to the show. We're really excited because we have Karen Reed here, who is a birthing doula, and joining Karen in Nova Scotia is Dr. Glenna. Hello, Glenna.
1: Hi, Dr. Lynn.
0: Hi, Karen. How are things with you this evening?
1: I'm wonderful, thank you. It's a, a wonderful evening here in Nova Scotia.
0: Beautiful. And I hear that you have been present at the birth of three bouncing babies.
1: Yes. Yes, the weekend was very, very busy. It was a celebration weekend in Canada, and it was a celebration for many couples here in Nova Scotia this weekend as they welcomed their babies, and I happened to be present at three of the births. For our listeners out
0: there, can you share what is a birthing doula, and how would a birthing doula be different than a midwife? Because I believe many people are familiar with the term midwife. So can you share your perspective on that with us? Sure,
1: I'm certified with doula organization called DONA. And so I'm going to use, refer to their description as a doula because I think they've uh, described it way better than I could. And so I think one of the most important things is, is that a doula recognizes that birth is the, is an experience, a life experience that a woman will never forget. It'll remain with her for the rest of her life. And Uh, Dula understands the physiology of birth. She understands the normal process of how the body labors and what that process is. And she also understands the emotional component to that process. She understands the emotional, sometimes it appears like a roller coaster that a woman is on during her labor and birth process. She also assists the woman in preparing for her birth. So a doula will work with a woman and her partner during pregnancy to help them prepare and to help them create a vision of what they would like their birth to, or how they would like they'd like their birth to be, or how they'd like their birth to unfold. And a doula who is very wise will always. Work with the couple in a way so that they don't attach to that vision and don't attach to making a plan and creating a plan of how their birth is going to be because birth, like any life event, unfolds in its own way and birth can often be very unpredictable. And so a doula will make a couple aware of that, that it's not going to necessarily unfold in the way that they might expect it to the doula then provides emotional and physical support physical support in the sense of helping women to cope with the discomfort of the labor process and the doula is there continuously throughout the labor and birth process and that's very what would I say it's a very special part of my doula work is being that continuous support because the nurses go, and nurses come, and the doctors change shifts, and at our hospital, the midwives are on call, and they change shifts. And so a doula is that one consistent person that is always there from the beginning to the end, and they also have that relationship established during pregnancy. So it's really that consistency of care is just really an important part of the process. Then the doula also facilitates communication between the laboring woman and her partner and her clinical care providers. And that is really, really an important part of the doula work. Because a woman, when she's in labor, she's um, in an altered state and can't always think clearly. Her left brain that absorbed all that knowledge during pregnancy may not be functioning very well when she's in labor. And so having someone present to help her understand the questions that she needs to ask and, and to give her information that she needs is really, really important. And I think the other important part of a doula is She really encourages the woman's partner to be involved in the process to the amount that they want to be involved. Some partners, you know, want to be really involved in doing everything, and some partners even want to, you know, have their hands on the baby when it's born. And other partners are not comfortable with that. And so a doula respects wherever a partner is in their process and supports it. So that's, I think, pretty well sums up the role of a doula. And then a midwife, I'm, I'm not really a good person to do this comparison because I have very limited experience with midwives because midwifery is very recent in our province here. And so I only have experience with the midwives here in this province at the hospital that I work at. And so their role is as a clinical care provider. So they see a woman during pregnancy and support her during labor and birth and six weeks postpartum, but in a care provider role. Unless there's a medical reason, women here who are part of the midwifery program, they don't see a doctor. They see midwives for their complete care. So a doula and a midwife, there is some crossover in our roles, But our training is completely different. Our midwives here are degree midwives, uh, very well-trained, highly skilled midwives. Doulas don't go through a degree program to become a doula. You're trained. You go through a training program, and then you work through a certification process. But it is by no means anything in comparison to how a midwife is trained. But the crossover comes from the way that the care is given. Doulas follow very much that part of the midwifery model of care. So we provide a lot of birth preparation, physical and emotional preparation for women, and midwives do the same. And then during the labor and birth support, there's a lot of crossover because we provide a lot of the same physical support, a lot of the same comfort measures. Uh, We provide the same emotional support. So there's a lot of of crossover there. So for me here, I can only speak for myself, I love working with the midwives because I believe that the way that we work together really complements each other's roles and that way, when a woman has a midwife and a doula, they're getting complete care, like very holistic care, because everything is being covered. They're getting the medical care that they need, but they're also getting that holistic approach as well. That sounds
0: wonderful. I was I was sitting here and I was absolutely fascinated. Thank you so much, Karen. That was a wonderful description.
2: You've educated
0: yeah. me. <laughs> oh, that's good.
1: my pleasure.
2: I think you did a wonderful job of explaining the differences. Being a woman that had two labors, and the first one was with a midwife, and the second, I had a doula. I had Karen as my doula, and they were completely different experiences for many reasons. And obviously, I would say my second was my favorite because it was 26 hours shorter, <laughs> but The difference, I think, would be that continued support. It's really nice to have one continuous person that's looking out for you there rather than spending some time with you and your husband alone. And so I think that was a great explanation. So, Karen, could you tell us a little bit about how a doula works within the conventional medical system?
1: Oh, that's a brilliant question. I think that in order for a doula to support birth in the conventional medical system, in our medical system that's in North America, she needs to have a really good understanding of the medical system and how it works, and she needs to have a really good understanding of the normal physiological birth process and then how they can work together. And one of our biggest challenges is is, is that There's a lot of dissension between the two and, you know, oftentimes our medical system is not seen as supporting normal physiological birth, but I believe, and in my experience, I've been a doula here at a tertiary care hospital for 10 years, I've seen very clearly how the two can work together, and as a doula, when you have that understanding, you can facilitate the process. So for me, I have, because I have an interest in psychology and have studied a, a fair amount of psychology and one of my favorite parts of psychology is studying archetypal patterns, I've approached it through archetypal patterns and the two main archetypal patterns that I have looked at it through is the masculine and the feminine. So I'm not talking about gender, I'm talking about the energy patterns. And so if we were to look at birth, birth is in alignment with the feminine energy pattern and so our fem- when we think of the feminine, the feminine is all about process. The feminine looks at long-term outcomes. So our bodies are designed to grow and birth our babies and for mom and baby to be healthy and to have healthy long-term outcomes. That's the way I believe our bodies are designed to work. That's the feminine. And then the feminine is also very nurturing and is intuitive and flexible and is very much about natural cycles and rhythms the feminine is liminal that means in the meantime being with what is the the space in between and when a mother is giving birth she's in between she's in between being a full-fledged mother, because especially if she's a first-time mom, because she's never been a mother before. So she's in the in-between. And she's stepping from, to use the old language, she's stepping from the maiden into the mother, two archetypal patterns. And so she's in the in-between. She's not quite fully a mother yet, because she's not a mother until she births her baby, and then she also births herself as a mother. So that's the feminine, And then the feminine is about being present and being open. And the feminine strength is the emotional strength. It's the deep strength that comes from within that can just face any anything in the world. Um, And the feminine is also very much about being, not about doing. So when I look at birth... I see the normal physiological process of birth fitting very much with the feminine. It's a feminine process. But as with anything in life, we need a balance of the masculine and feminine. Our medical system, the way we operate our medical system in North America, doesn't have a lot of the feminine it it is very focused in the masculine and masculine is about action is about control it can be seen as being aggressive its strength is very much physical strength and power and the masculine is very linear thinking we go from A to B and this is how we do it so it's very goal oriented But in our medical system, the goals are very short-term goals. They want healthy mom, healthy baby. That's the goal. That's the feminine's goal too. But there's two different ways to go about it. Healthy mom, healthy baby for the masculine means keeping everything safe and controlling it. And that's not the feminine. The feminine is moving with what is and how the body works. And the masculine is also very technology focused, very much about grandiosity and, you know, very much about saving lives and being the protector. And so when we have an imbalance of the masculine and the feminine, the feminine is not allowed to flourish and to be what she needs to be. So if we look at a uh, river, an analogy in everyday life. I love this analogy. it's not mine. I learned it somewhere else, but I don't remember where and it's about a river and so if you look at a river, the banks and the bottom of a river would represent the masculine it's the container it's the structure, and the water that flows freely within those banks is the feminine. But if we dam the river. We've obstructed the flow. We're trying to control it. We're trying to divert it. The water's not allowed to flow freely. And I think a lot of times that's what happens because the masculine is so focused on technology and keeping everything safe that a woman, when she's in labor, her labor is diverted from its natural process into using technology and she's taken outside of herself so when a doula understands how the medical system works and understands how birth works and has an understanding of the masculine and feminine then you can bring the two together and that's what i do in my work and it has been very successful i've had it Just a lot of success of being able to create that balance by working with the masculine and the feminine energies within our system have been able to support women to be able to have beautiful, empowering birth experiences. So I believe that it is vital as a doula to have that understanding to work within our present system.
2: I've never thought about it that way, Karen. I mean, having two babies myself and working with women as a naturopath, I've never seen it that way, but I think that's very helpful for myself and I'm sure for many people
0: listening. Yeah, and you can also take that feminine-masculine archetype and apply it to different areas. So when you were speaking, Karen, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about the birthing process, but also how we could take that and apply it to other areas of our lives. So thank you for that. I have another question I want to ask. Some people or most people in society today look at the birthing process as something that's happening to them rather mm-hmm. than the birthing process being a normal and beautiful and loving part of the life cycle. So could you share your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, I think it relates to what I was just talking about because if we still look at it through the masculine and the feminine, In our culture, women are taken outside of their bodies. They get ultrasounds very early on, so they're not even encouraged to trust their bodies to grow their baby or trust themselves to know that their baby is okay. We don't, we don't teach women that. We teach them that they need an ultrasound and that they don't have that wisdom, they don't have that knowledge, they don't have that connection with their body. That's what we're teaching them. But actually, they do have that connection. But because we're not teaching them about that and we're not encouraging them to tune into that and to be in tune with their bodies and their babies, they see it very much as a process that is happening to them. And... That birth is not safe, and it's not safe to be pregnant. Pregnancy needs to be managed, and birth needs to be managed. It needs to be controlled by technology, and that's very much the masculine. But the feminine is about trust. It's about honoring the process and honoring the body and supporting the body and being in touch with your body, in tune with your body so that you know what your body needs to support what your baby needs. And I've heard many times medical professionals say to my clients, during labor, your body doesn't know what to do, but we do. So we will help you. Mm. That's that's the masculine. That's the masculine. They believe they have the power that the woman is helpless. She's a victim, and she's helpless, and they need to keep her safe because her body can't do that. What that leads to is after women have experienced birth, and I have the good fortune of traveling a lot, and so I'm in a lot of airports and on a lot of planes, and I meet a lot of people, and when they find out what I do, people just want to share their birth story, so I get to hear birth stories from around the world. I feel very privileged to have that opportunity, and I hear the same theme over and over and over and it's very disturbing to me what i hear women say is is that my birth wasn't what i wanted it to be and then they go on to tell me their story but what they don't realize is the part that they played in it that they had a part in how it unfolded and we think that In our culture we think that if we are passive and if we hand our power over to the experts everything's going to happen the way that we want it to happen because they see that that's the safe way to do it that's that's the best way to do it technology is looking after it so we're going to hand our power over and then everything's going to unfold just as I want it to unfold but that's not the way that it happens and people don't understand that when we're passive and we hand our power over, we're still participating in life. But we're participating in an, in, in, by not being active. By not being active, we don't keep our power. We've handed our power away. So we're still having an impact on the outcomes but we have no control over the outcomes because we aren't an active participant in the process. That just makes me very sad, and that is exactly why I do the work that I do, because I've learned in my own life experience that when we're an active participant in life, it may not unfold the way that We want it to unfold, but we have a part in making the decisions and being with that process. We're in the process. We're not outside of it. It's not something that is happening to us. We are part of it, and we can take personal responsibility for our part in the process, and that's empowering. That's empowerment. That's empowering. Now, Karen, I have a question. <laughs> it would go away. And it was when Glenn and I both
0: gasped at the part where you said,
2: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes the mother is told your body doesn't know what to do. If I may ask, what would be the response of a doula or have you already coached the mom-to-be in this
1: area? I work with my clients to be able to have their power. My work is about empowerment. So my goal is to help my clients stay in their power. And when a woman is is vulnerable and is in labor and maybe not feeling safe in this situation when she's just been told that her body doesn't know what to do, my role is not to argue with the care provider. My role is to turn to the woman and to encourage her and to remind her of what her body has done already. Your body has brought you to this point. Nobody else has brought you to this point. Your body and you, you know, and your baby have all worked together. It's been a team effort to come to this point. And so that's what my role is, to challenge the care provider or to try to change the care provider's mind. That's not my role, not at that time, because right when a woman is in labor, my role is to be with her and to support her. And I find that the approach that I take is effective because what it does sometimes is make the care provider stand back and reassess what they've said. That's very helpful. And it can change the course of how it unfolds.
0: Wouldn't we love to have you with every situation, Karen? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> if only I could be in multiple places at once. <laughs>
2: You've answered some of my next question, which was how does working with a doula empower our mothers to be? And I guess an add-on to that would be, and how does this empowerment seep into other areas of their life?
1: Mm-hmm. What a great question. Well, that ties in with what we were just talking about I think Abdullah needs to be in her power. She mm. needs to be working and living from her own power. She needs to be living an empowered life. And part of living an empowered life is being in touch with her own masculine and feminine and understanding the relationship between the two and understanding how they need to be in balance. I think that for Anyone, not only doulas, I think even in doctors, I think naturopaths, every care provider can benefit from from this being in your power because every day we have opportunities to empower people around us, not just in our work. So I think by living an empowered life, that's how we empower others. I don't think... I can intentionally set out to empower another. I think it's the way that I approach the situation. I think it's the way that I feel within myself, and I think that's what comes out. I'm not sure if I'm being very articulate, but it's hard to describe.
2: Well, I think from going through and having you attend the birth of my son, Luke, I can attest to the fact that I I think it was obvious to me how much work you've done because your confidence in your own skills, really helped me be confident in my ability to birth my baby. Mm-hmm. So I think you're bang on it. And your presence, you're extremely present and focused. And it was just obvious to me how passionate you were and how much you believed in me as a, as a mother-to-be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which trickles and out, yeah, into the birthing process.
1: I understand what you're saying, and I agree. And I have found that That approach for me, I'm not saying it's the approach for everyone, but this is the approach that works for me. Through living an empowered life and being present and focused, I find that there's so much less conflict between Mm -hmm. the medical professionals and myself. I've been able to establish a really good healthy, strong, effective working relationship with the hospital here, with the birth unit staff, with with the doctors. And I believe that it comes from that empowerment. Because when I'm in my power, and I'm in the birth room, I'm not a threat to anybody in the room. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: I'm not threatened by anybody in the room. I'm in my power. And so I'm not causing anybody to be defensive. And so then there's no barriers and we can all work together to serve the woman who is giving birth.
2: And I know that during my labor that there was a little bit, I felt a little bit of attention with some people in the room, but watching how it didn't affect you and how calm you remained, it helped me just focus more on my birth and not Mm -hmm. get wrapped up in any tension or drama that was going around around outside of me, having Mm -hmm. you as our constant calmness really, really helped.
1: Yes, yes, because a person that is in their power doesn't get caught up in other people's stuff. So whatever is going on in the birth unit, and I mean on any given day, it's a tertiary care hospital, so there can be lots of stuff going on. But I don't need to be a part of that. That has nothing to do with me. My relationship is with the care providers and how they're caring for my client. So if I don't become involved in their stress, then their stress is outside of our situation.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I felt.
1: You know, I can't go into a birth room and make sure that there's no tension in the room because I have no control over other people's stuff. But when you are in your own power, you can work with what is.
0: I'm thinking about empowerment, and I'm thinking about the mom. And I know we talked about this a little bit. What rights does the mother-to-be have, but she doesn't realize that she has them? Maybe because she's handed over her power, maybe because she's not educated in that area. It seems to me that it's really important as a mother-to-be or maybe any human being to understand that they have rights.
1: Yes, and I think that's one of the biggest (laughs) illusions in our culture is for some reason women feel that they don't have rights. And that just makes me really, really sad because when a woman doesn't feel she has rights, then she's not in her power. She feels powerless. And so when it comes to giving birth, in Canada, I don't know about in the U.S., But in Canada, a woman has a right to choose. She has the right to say no to any medical procedure concerning her and her baby as long as she's carrying the baby in her uterus. And so a lot of women don't realize that's their right. They think that when a doctor says, okay, well, you have to do this, Whatever it is, they say, oh, okay, I have to do that because the doctor told me to do that. They don't realize they have the right to question that or to say no to it. And that's is—that's disempowering women. That is manipulating women to not make them aware of their rights. That's having power over them. And to me, that doesn't seem right. That just... It really bothers me and so that's another reason why I do the work that I do is to help women educate themselves about their rights and to be able to make informed decisions because part of the earlier question that Glenna asked that I don't think I really addressed and answered she asked about empowerment rippling throughout life What I find is is that when women know their rights and are really well-informed and can sit down and have really intelligent, well-thought-out, well-researched discussions with their care providers, that's empowerment because they're part of making those decisions about their care and how they're going to be cared for. When they make those decisions during pregnancy, and have that relationship with their care provider during pregnancy, they can carry that into birth because they've had the practice. And so when they're in birth, they can have the same discussions. They can ask questions. And as a doula, if they don't remember the questions, I can be there by their side to say, I think you wanted to ask this question. And they can ask the question. They can they can be part of the process. You know, there's a a wonderful quote from a woman, an Aboriginal woman, her name was Lila Watson, and this was, her quote is the response to mission workers when they came to Australia, and she said, if you've come to help me, you're wasting your time, but if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let's work together. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel about the women that I work with we work together and we we liberate each other and when women are liberated and are liberated through their pregnancy and their birth they take that into their parenting they empower their children they empower other women and every time that they do that they're liberating they're liberating themselves and they're liberating future generations because it's all going to ripple Karen, you're empowering me and I'm going to vote for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, (laughs) Glenda?
2: You will be let down, trust me. I voted for her 15 months ago. (laughs) 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 And I don't know what I would have done. It was such a wonderful experience to have her working with me and my husband and our family, really. It was beautiful. And I guess you hit something right on, I think, that... I was thinking of a situation during my pregnancy when something came up and the usual course was to have a medical intervention. I planned that for my pregnancy or for the labor. And I did my research and I let my conventional medical doctor know that I was going to take that path and I was very prepared with information and because I I presented it very confidently, my medical doctor, although I'm sure she was very shocked at the decision I was making did not push me and just instead said okay well i've got to give you a pamphlet on it and that was it and so and she supported me right through the pregnancy and the labor and didn't pressure me didn't second guess me and i truly think it was because i made my decision for myself and and it was for the best interest of my baby i believe that i think it would have went differently if i hadn't really spent time with the decision a month with the decision like i did I guess I came to that decision with my own inner wisdom and intuition and not looking for external approval or support. Karen, I know you get had a lot of questions, like you mentioned, on airplanes and anytime any, anybody finds out what you do, what would be some of the more common questions?
1: Questions just by the general public or people that are interested in having a doula?
2: I would say the people most interested in having a doula.
1: Well, I think I could break that into a couple categories, because men and women have different questions. One of the first questions when I interview, one of the first questions the men want to know is, is they want to know if I'm going to tell them what to do or not. They want to know if I'm going to take over their role and push them out of the way. And so that's a really interesting question to me, and I love answering that question. Because that's not how I see my role at all. My role is to see them as being an important part of the process. I really honor the partner's role in the process of birth. And I always joke with them and say, well, I'm going to be at the birth with them, but I'm not going home with them. So my role is to make sure that they can work well as a team during pregnancy and birth so that they can go home and continue to work as a team to raise their baby and to work together. So that usually puts them at ease when I explain that I'm there to support them to be the best that they can be and so that they can be the best in their role. And I might have suggestions of things that they could do to provide more support. And when I put it that way, then most men really, really understand that because that's what they want to do. They want to provide support. So when they know that they'll be supported to do that, then they feel a lot more comfortable. And then for women, (laughs) because in our city here, we have such a high epidural rate at our hospital, a lot of women, their first question is, are you going to stop me from having an epidural? (laughs) And my answer is no, that my role as a doula is to help them get all the information that they need and to learn about themselves and their own belief systems and what they they want for themselves, a clear vision for their birth and what's important to them in their birth. And then they can take all that information and they can make the choice that is best for them. And I will support them in whatever choice they've made because that's the best choice for them. So that helps them see that I'm not out to stop them from doing something. I'm there to help them and support them to be in their power and to make the choices that are right for them.
2: And so you find with that, just that conversation with the, the husbands, I guess they can relax a little bit too, I would think, yeah. knowing that there's, there's a third person in there that's working with them and that's part of their little team.
1: Yes. And then the other question that I often get asked that relates to that working as a team is, I don't know where this comes from. It must come from somewhere in our culture, the way that we're socialized. Maybe it's the way we interact with our medical system and have given them power. But they'll ask me if I'm going to advocate for them. And a is an advocate. She's an advocate for the couple but I would never advocate for the couple that I'm working with unless in a specific situation where something is happening and they ask me to. I see my role is to support them in advocating for themselves. That's the empowerment. Advocating for somebody is taking their power away unless it's a situation where they can't then that's different. But in a situation where someone can advocate for themselves, I see it as my role to support them to do that and then they feel the empowerment because they help themselves.
2: That's a really good point. The three questions you picked were really interesting and really different from each other. But as I think about moms-to-be in my practice, one of the common questions is, I'm not sure if my husband will want a doula. They're very concerned about how their husband will feel that their husband's being replaced. Mm-hmm. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy those questions.
1: Yes, because a doula that is a very effective doula will never replace the partner because mm-hmm. the partner's role cannot be replaced. The partner plays a very important role in the birth process, in the entire process, but in the birth process, very important role. And a a very effective doula and a wise doula would never take that away from the partner because that's disempowerment.
0: As you were speaking, Karen, I was thinking, my heavens, I wonder if there's such a thing as a life doula. Oh, I think there
1: is. (laughs) I think doulas can fill many different roles. I remember traveling, like it's life experience, you know, like, yes, my work is as a doula, but this is how I live. I live it every day of my life. We were traveling in the Middle East a few years ago when that volcano erupted and air travel came to a sudden halt and it was so fascinating because we ended up being around a lot of very stressed people because they couldn't get home and so I became a travel doula. It was like I started comforting people because that's the way I am helping them find the power in the situation and how they could be active in the process they weren't victims you know what they could do with this and it was just it was a really beautiful experience to apply these life skills to a completely different situation it was nothing to do with birth but these people obviously needed support and it was wonderful to be able to be there and to be able to offer that And so they're life skills. Yeah, I love that. Now, if someone was interested in
0: accessing the service of a birthing doula, how would they do that? And then I guess the question that all of our listeners would like to know is, if you were fortunate enough to engage a birthing doula, how much would that cost? What does
1: that look like? Well, the cost of a doula, that's a really challenging question to answer because there are many organizations throughout North America that have volunteer doula services. And so depending on the city that you live in, your city could have a volunteer organization. And so you could have access to a doula for no fee. And then there are doulas who work in private practice, and the fees range from $300 to $2,000. So there's a big, big range there in the fees. And I think one just really has to be aware of the fact that doulas are unregulated it's an unregulated practice so just because you pay $800 for doula service doesn't mean that you're getting a doula that is going to meet the needs that you have and so I think as consumers people need to be really aware that it's an unregulated practice and they need to do their research What I suggest to people is is that to interview a number of doulas, because this is a very intimate process that you're entering with this person, and you need to trust this person at a very deep level, because they're in the very most private parts of your life, and a very intimate experience that you're sharing, and so you have to have a trust with this person. I. It suggests that couples get a very clear vision of what type of support that they want, what's most important to them, and then to interview a number of doulas until they can find that person that they feel really fits well and can support them in what they are doing. And a lot of couples that work with me, yes, they might struggle in, at first with paying a fee because our healthcare in Canada, many parts of it is free. But then when they realize the support that they're going to get, the fee becomes secondary. So doulas come from a variety of backgrounds. You can have a doula that is a massage therapist and can bring wonderful skills to the birth room. You can have a doula like myself who has a, a a real interest in psychology and so can bring tremendous emotional support. So, you know, it depends on what is important to you, is what you would be looking for. And I think people need to know that a doula is like a guide. Giving birth, you're stepping into the unknown. Like I mean, it's probably one of the biggest unknowns for a woman in her life. And when you step into the unknown, or at least for myself, if I'm stepping into the unknown, I want someone that can guide me in that process and can be there with me. So I want somebody that can stand in the face of fear themselves so that they can stand with me in my fear and not be afraid of my fear. We have to look beyond keeping mom and baby safe. Of course, that's important. That's important to everybody. Healthy mom, healthy baby. But we need to look beyond that. And I don't think that's what we're doing in our present system. Is We're just looking at the physical. And Mm -hmm. is there an organization that you're associated with? Yes, I'm part of DONA, D-O-N-A. And if you just Google DONA, actually the web address is DONA.org, that's the association that I am certified with. On their website, they have a list of their certified doulas. And so you can type in the city and you can locate any doulas that are in that city.
2: I was just thinking, Karen, actually, in my practice, I ask a question of what are the most stressful and significant events in someone's life? And most mothers at the top five events always put the birth of their children. And so I can imagine this is such a rewarding and fulfilling job, just supporting these moms in that process. But what's the most rewarding and fulfilling part to you? specifically?
1: That's a really big question. (laughs) The favorite part of my work is that it's humbling because I realize the power of nature and it is just so humbling to be in the presence of a birthing woman and to stand in that power the power is just incredible the power of nature the power of the masculine and the feminine working in balance together and that to me is probably the most rewarding part of my work is the being humble in that power and the other part would be the fact that it's liberating and it's empowering because the people that I work with, we work together. They liberate me just as much as I liberate them. We're in it together, and that is so rewarding. I live out of the city, and so when I leave the hospital and drive home from a birth, often it's in the wee hours of the morning, and so the highway is quiet, and it's just, I have that time to just be with that, and it is just such a, such an incredible feeling to just be in that space of knowing that yeah I I don't think there's language to describe what I what I'm trying to say it's just it's humbling and yet extremely powerful
0: as I'm listening to you I can feel the passion and I can feel the soul connection would you say that your role as a birthing
1: doula is a vocation a calling definitely Yes, it's a calling, definitely. For me, it's not work. When my phone rings, I never say, okay, I'm going to work. It never enters my mind. I am of service. I am going to serve and to serve in whatever way I can. I think the other part about that is is that with work, I have worked at things in my life, and it's always been a defined role. You go and you do. You stay within these guidelines. Doolaying is not like that. Every birth experience is different, and every birth there's incredible learning. My clients are my greatest teachers, and these little precious babies that are born are my teachers. So, no, it's not work. It's definitely a vocation. It's a calling. I just absolutely love what I do, and I just feel so honored and so grateful to be able to share my gifts with humanity. After listening to how you describe what you do,
0: it's a labor of love. Can you offer some tips or some guidance for a mom-to-be or someone who knows a mom-to-be on how to engage a birthing doula?
1: My first answer to that would be talking to your friends, talking to your care providers, especially if you have, if part of your healthcare team is from the non-medical community. They often have connections to the birthing community. And in our community, many of the doctors have connections to doulas as well. Of course, talking to your friends, because we trust our friends. And if our friends are going to recommend somebody that they had, I would highly recommend interviewing that person because your friends know you quite well. But if you don't have those connections, then the Internet, of course. And if you are looking on the Internet, you can look through organizations that certify doulas. doulas. So I mentioned one earlier as DONA, D-O-N-A. There's another one, CAPPA, C-A-P-P-A. And there's another organization that certifies doulas, and it's Birthing From Within. Those are the three main ones that I know of. And so if you Google those, they all have lists of doulas that are certified through them and you can find doulas that way. Or you can just type in, if you're living in Halifax, you type in doulas Halifax. Wherever you're living, type in doulas and then the name of your city and something will most likely come up. Or if there's an association, in Nova Scotia, we have a doula association. So if you type in the state or the province that you're living in and doula association, something might come up with that.
2: So, Karen, if people want to contact you specifically, whether they're locally and they are pregnant or or becoming pregnant or maybe people outside of Nova Scotia that just want to contact you, how could they contact you?
1: Through my website, passionateaboutbirth.ca, and my contact information is there and I am happy to talk to people around the world. I had the pleasure of communicating with and actually ended up doing some birth preparation with a couple from Italy last year that happened to be traveling through Nova Scotia and had looked me up previously, and so I had an opportunity to do some birth preparation with them while they were here vacationing. And Karen, do you feel like you have a book in you? (laughs)
0: <laughs> am I putting you on a spot yes I am <laughs> we're, seeing
1: a, we're, we're seeing a book in you we're Karen we're seeing a
0: book <laughs>
1: I do <laughs> and I will let you know as soon as it's published how about right, that right.
0: that sounds good and when, as soon as it's published Glenn and I hope that you'll come back on the show with us
1: I will be happy to do that yeah,
0: or even, even before it's published right Glenn
1: exactly
0: Any time.
1: Anytime. I would be happy to join you anytime. I've thoroughly enjoyed this time together. I just, as you can tell, I'm passionate and I'm, I'm just on a high right now, a high of passion.
0: <laughs> well, Karen, thank you very, very much for your time. I know our listeners, especially people who are in the birthing or preparing for the birthing process, they can listen to what you have to share live as they're listening now or they can always go back to the blog talk radio archives or on itunes and simply replay our time together or use the link and email it to their friends what do you think glenna
2: that's fascinating i could ask her another 50 questions i think (laughs) (laughs) i'd love if you would come back
0: yeah and what we'll do for our listeners we'll take the questions that Karen was kind enough to answer and we'll post them on our What's Your Prescription for Balance Facebook page. Well, that's it for this evening. I'd like to thank Glenna, my co-host, and also Karen Reed for spending some wonderful time together in Nova Scotia. Have a good evening. Bye for now.